Hello, this is your host, Bill Raymond, and welcome to the Techgenics T-Suite podcast, where I talk to leaders in the tech industry. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Alexis Hasselberger, time management and productivity coach. Again, hi, Alexis. Hi, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, of course. Uh, so where are you calling from today? I am in San Francisco, which is actually sunny today, and you know, it's a pretty nice day out here. Yeah, it's pretty nice. A little chilly, but it's okay. Yeah, a little chilly, but the sun is out. Right, exactly. So today, I wanted to, I, I asked you to join the podcast one more time, even though you, you joined not too long ago, because here we are at the top of the new year. People are kind of bringing in their New Year's resolutions, and they're trying to figure out, how can I stress less about all the work that I'm doing? How can I kind of streamline things at work and, and be more productive? I thought it'd be great for you to kind of share some of those ideas with everyone. Are you up for that? Of course, yeah. I am always happy to talk to people about how they can do more, stress less, and do more of what they want and less of what they don't, right? Right. So can you just uh, let everyone know what a productivity coach is before we get started? Sure. Yeah. So I work with people and teams to help them do more and stress less. But what that really means is I work with people one-on-one -on -one to help them figure out how to streamline the things that are going on in their work and in their life so that they can, you know, eke more out of the productive moments and also have more time to do what they want to outside of work. Because I think a lot of people have, you know, gotten gotten to be as successful as they are through brute force and through a lot of you know hard work and you know it's very cliche but it's like I want to teach people how to work smarter not harder I want them to spend fewer hours at work doing things that really matter and more hours doing the stuff you know whatever it is they want to do outside of work whether that's just you know hanging out with their family or whether that's you know working on a side hustle or whatever that is so I work with people in an individual format in a group format and then I also do a lot of corporate workshops as well on the same topic. Cool. So you are the perfect guest for this topic then. <laughs> I do remember when you were on the podcast the first time, you had suggested that people not look at their email uh, right away. And I thought, oh, I can't not do that. You know, that's not something I can do. And I realized I have a lot of clients on the East Coast. And so it was really kind of impossible for me to not just check email in the morning. Mm -hmm. But I did start implementing that idea for the evening. Mm -hmm. So I stopped checking email at about 5.30 and only check it if it's like absolutely necessary now. And I've found myself to be a lot happier. And I noticed that no one really cares after 5.30 if I don't get back to them the next day. That is awesome. Yeah. And I, what I love that you say there is that, and this is, I think, so important, is that all of the things that we talk about, strategies, et cetera, they all are customizable and personalizable to you, right? So. Mm -hmm. Mornings didn't work for you, but evenings, that does work. And what you tried through experimentation was the fact that you learned that, you know what, nobody really cares. Like if you're not, nobody's really on your back about, come on, you didn't answer that email at 7.30 p.m.? We think we're kind of more important than we are sometimes, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's great that you, um, that you recommended that. And I, I have a feeling that there's some people out there that could probably use that uh, idea. And so I would love to talk to you about the new year, you know, mm -hmm. people kind of always want to do all these things. They they want to lose weight. They want to, you know, reduce the amount of work, busy work that they're doing and things like that. But I think it would be interesting to get your perspective on sort of what you think people can start doing 
this year that's not going to, if you will, just, you know, force someone to completely change all their habits so they can start easing into it. Yeah, so I think you're totally right. This is like that one time of year, right, where everybody's so gung-ho to make changes. And what do we know is that, you know, by February, 80% of New Year's resolutions are, are no longer, right, for most people. And so, you know, I think taking like a, I think taking a hard line on resolutions is really hard for people because we, we think that, oh, we're going to be able to do all these things to change all these habits in this short time. And then we, you know, we have some setbacks and then we just figure out ah, all is lost, right? Um, but the reality is that it takes, you know, between about three weeks and nine months to build a habit, right? Which is a long period of time. And it depends on what the habit change is that we're trying to make, whether it's going to be you know, on the three-week scale or the nine-month scale. So I think that one thing people can do is not have like a million resolutions, right? Just pick like <laughs> one or two key things that you're really trying to do. And instead of saying like, okay, I'm going to lose, you know, 30 pounds by, you know, April or something like that, instead start with kind of the lead indicators that are like, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week, or maybe even two times a week, or once, if you're not even going to the gym at all, start out with like, I'm just going to go once a week and add it in baby steps so that you can make incremental progress towards your goals. Right. So what are some of those things that you can do from a uh, personal business management perspective. What are some of the things that you think uh, people might want to kind of adopt as we're coming into this new year? Yeah, so I think a, an important exercise that I um, I do myself and that I often do with clients is really simple, um, but can have a lot of um, sort of tentacles going out into all areas of your your life and your work. And that is an exercise that's called keep start stop where you essentially take stock of what's going on, what happened over the last few months, or maybe the last year, et cetera. And you say, okay, what do I want to keep doing? What's working really well for me? What do I want to start doing? Where do I have a need? And then what do I want to stop doing? And that's a key one, right? We're so additive and we rarely ever kind of call things from our lives. And so doing that exercise for your business, for your job, for your personal life, you know, on all of these fronts, can really be uh, instructive and help you uh, see what rises to the top about what's actually really important for you. And then, you know, don't do all of those things at once. Like keep, keep the things there. But again, with things you wanna start, maybe try one of them and then layer on another one the next month. What do you wanna stop? Figure out how you're actually gonna stop doing it. What does it actually mean? And then layer things in instead of trying to overwhelm yourself. So do you have any keeps? Um, yeah, I mean, I think one thing that I'm keeping is, I, I don't know, are you familiar with um, Helper Reporter? No. So, so helperreporter.com is just this website that's kind of like a daily digest of, of reporters looking for experts in certain areas to give quotes on. And so this is something that I, um, I probably do it three times a week. I look through the di digest and respond to things. This is something I definitely want to keep because for me and my business, it is really helpful in to be quoted in major publications, right? Um, to be able to both, uh, increase SEO for my website from backlinks and then also just to kind of elevate my status of what I'm talking about, right? And have more people understand and know what I am and who I am and what I'm doing. So cool. So you're actually writing up things for reporters to to kind of go and find quotes that are useful 
for their articles. Yeah, exactly. So like they'll put out these queries that are like, like a good one is, is hey, I'm looking for um, an expert to give a quote on how to have better meetings or something like that, right? And so I'm like, oh, that applies to me. I help people have better meetings all the time. So I write up a quick paragraph, shoot it off. And then, you know, if the reporter thinks that's a good quote, they want to put it in there than their article, then they'll get back to me at some point and say, hey, here's the link, you're in the article, and then I can put it up on my website. To me, this has been a great thing for my business, so I'm definitely gonna keep doing that. Oh, very cool, for, very cool. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna, I'll tell you my keep. Yeah. One of the things that I had struggled with in the past with my business uh, was accounting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as a consultant, you know, the billable hour is, is it's kind of what you have to be focused on, right? And when you are full-time with a client, very often a lot of things fall by the wayside, whether it's blogging, writing, or, mm -hmm. or uh, keeping up with keeping the books up to date. And I had always been trying to kind of keep them up to date by myself and with the sort of group of people that would help me every now and again, you know, during the times when I was really busy. And I finally decided that, you know, why am I focusing on all of this and, you know, downloading all my Amazon purchases and, and updating, you know, all my Amex purchases when I can just have someone do that for me. Yeah. And so last year I hired a, uh, a person to handle all of my books and I just feel like this whole weight has been lifted off my shoulder because that's one of those things where like, it's, it was so one of those things that I knew I had to do, but mm -hmm. I couldn't do. So I put it off and then things would get out of hand. And so this time I, I hired a, like a real bookkeeper and she's been phenomenal. And so I'm going to keep that one going this year. And I don't care that it's costing me a little extra money. It's saving me so much stress and it's helping me actually with, you know, making sure that I'm optimizing my tax returns as well. Right. Yeah. Congratulations for doing that too. Cause I think, you know, you and I both know as small business owners and consultants that when you're kind of doing it all yourself, you can get kind of fixated on these things that you know have to be done, but aren't really interesting to you or in your wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as you realize like, oh, I could, I could pay somebody to do this thing and they would do it better than I do <laughs> and it'll take less time and I don't have to think about it anymore, like that makes up for the money, you know? Oh, absolutely. And it's freeing up my time yeah. to do some other things that I wanted to do. I guess I, I can resonate very much with your point of when you say that you are going to try to do, you know, we keep adding things every year. Mm -hmm. So I guess you know, that's useful to think that, well, you know, I'm adding that, but, you know, I stopped doing it myself too. Right, right. I stopped trying to treat it like it's this side project when it's really the core to my business. Right, exactly. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. Like sometimes like the keep and the start and the stop, it's like how we interpret them, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what that means for us. Um, but yeah, I think that's such a valuable thing. And I, you know, again, it's like, it's like, why do I, pay someone to clean my house a couple times a month because like that's time I could be spending doing something else, right? And I don't do it every week, but it's something that really helps me and that I'm willing to spend a little bit of money on to make my life better. Right, right. So given, so that was your keep, what's, would you have a stop? 
um, my stop, my stop and my start are kind of, or one of them, are, they're kind of the same. So mm -hmm. I'm finally going to bite the bullet this year and hire a virtual assistant to help me take care of some of the administrative work. Just like with your accounting, I've got the accounting handled, but like just with kind of the administrative work out that goes into my business that I don't enjoy mm -hmm. and that somebody else could be doing um, and they might like it a little bit better. And so for me, it's like a start of start delegating out and hiring someone and a stop of stop doing the things in my business that um, that are not kind of core to who I am and what I do best, which is the coaching in the workshops and um, the actual work of working with people in my business and start offloading that kind of administrative stuff that does take up a lot of time to someone else. Oh, that's excellent. So you're going to have a, it's a virtual assistant, you said. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to hire a virtualist. Um, I, I don't have an office, so I just work out of my home. So so I think that that makes sense for me. But what was your question? Oh, I was just going to say, are you hiring sort of a part-time admin or is it a full-time? Yeah, I'm going to start out part-time. I think like a lot of things in business, I always want to, I want to start out small and see where it goes from there instead of, you know, trying to go whole hog in, in a different direction. So I think I'm going to start with just, you know, maybe 10 hours a week and try to offload some things and see what happens after that. And I think it's always that dance between, you know, how much are you paying for like how much are you paying for something and then how much uh it, how much time is that going to give me back to be able to focus on other things yeah no absolutely that's fantastic I, I think that's a great a great approach you know i think about some of the things that i do for example setting up this podcast you know you get the calendar request from me yeah. <laughs> i'm very often editing the podcast <laughs> i'm writing the article for it uh, you know, I could imagine having someone that could set up the meetings, inform them of the questions that are going to be asked, uh, you know, kind of doing all that follow-up work that that I'm doing myself right now. Right, exactly. And it's like these, there's a lot of these little things I think that people don't realize, right? It's like every time you write a blog post, well, I'm not just writing the blog post and posting it on my, you know, on my website. I'm then reposting it on LinkedIn and on Medium, and I'm making a little video to go with that, and then posting that a few days later. And that, you know, there's there's all these pieces behind the scenes that you don't really think about. At least I never thought about until I started doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a a production assistant in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. To help you focus on the things you do best. Right, exactly. Now I forgot, you said keep, stop, and what was the other? Keep, stop, and start. So what's something new that you'd like to do this year? And mm. I guess I, you know, I'd love to hear what yours are, but I have, I have a start that I'm doing this year as well, but I'd love to hear what your start is. Well, you know, so I think for me, well, actually I'll, I'll tell you my stop first. Okay. So what I'm planning on doing is, I do so many little side projects. I get myself wrapped into I'm a, you know, one of our friends, our, our mutual friends, Scott Abel, yeah. he said, Bill, you've got these great ideas, but then you're also a tinkerer. And mm -hmm. I, and it kind of resonated with me because I love to, I do love to tinker. So I'll catch on to some new technology or some new thing, mm -hmm. and then I'll just immerse myself in it. And then I have to pull myself up and say, Bill, this isn't part of your core business. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't making you money. Uh, you're you're learning it, and that's great, and it's helping you talk to clients. But at the same time, you know, you could have done a cursory review over the weekend in a few hours rather than 
uh, many hours over the course of weeks. Right. Right. So that's something I'm going to stop doing, or at least do my best to stop doing. And uh, if if anything, if I, if I do go into my little tinker mode, I'm going to focus on one thing to tinker on, not 12 things to tinker on. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? It's kind of refocusing. And, and it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things too, where I've had this thought of like, well, I can do so many things. And someone had to tell me once, you know, yeah, you can do a lot of things, but what do you want to be doing? What should you be doing to move things forward? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's I think, what, what you're doing is realizing that you're doing a lot of, you're spending a lot of time that could be client time helping your customers with their issues and, and, and helping them kind of improve. But then you're kind of lessening what you can do because you don't have that assistant. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, and I think, yeah, that, you know, my kind of one of my goals for the year, and we can talk about kind of, I think what you just said really relates to, to a concept of having like a word of the year, sort of what do you what is kind of a phrase or a word that you want to be your North Star for the year that kind of sums up the direction that you want to go. And this is something that I, I started and started doing it in 2019 and I'm definitely going to do it I, or I am doing it again this year. But I think that's something that could be interesting for you is to think, you know, I, I ha have all these side projects, but I really need to focus. What can, what's a word that can help me kind of bring me back to center when I find myself inevitably going after all of these other things, right? Yeah, I think the word's going to be stop. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm just going to take that quite literally, that one word, yeah. <laughs> just no, run with it. it. I think that is so great. Yeah, exactly. Because you can think about it in all sorts of realms, right? It's not just business. It's like, what other things should you be stopping? And you're, you know, I, I think of it in so many ways, like what I, you know, I subscribe to a million podcasts, right? And then over time, I realized, well, there's only 20 that I listen to on a regular basis. Maybe I should be unsubscribing from some of them, et cetera. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I just actually did that the other day. And I realized that I, I, I love my audible audiobooks, right? Mm -hmm. And I stopped listening to audiobooks because I'm getting a lot of this just constant feed from podcasts. And so I realized oh, I'm just going to cancel my uh, audiobook subscription and then I'll probably have a little. Uh, FOMO from that and and go and sign back up again. But but yeah, I hear you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and I think it takes doing that for us to be like, oh, we really do miss the audiobooks. Okay, we want to refocus on that and actually spend time and money on that, right? Right, exactly. Well, there's so many good ways to learn a topic just mm -hmm. by listening when you're not working. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I go out for a walk and I turn an audiobook on, or now nowadays most likely a podcast, but I go for a walk. I have one earbud in one ear so I can pay attention to the traffic around me and the people around me in the other ear. Uh, but but you know, I, I I find that you know you can just absorb the the words people say when but it, you can't do it while you're working, can you? Because no. I find you listening to you're either listening to something or you're working. But to do both with the spoken word, that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, I don't. I think that's like that falls into the trap of multitasking, which we know doesn't work. But I think there's. I think you're totally right. You know, I I am like you. I am listening to when I'm out about in the world. I'm listening to a podcast, right? If I'm running, I'm listening to a podcast. Or even if I'm, you know, if I'm home doing chores, I'm listening to a podcast because it 
it makes those activities so much more enjoyable. But if I'm sitting down to do work, there's no way I'm listening to a podcast because I really want to focus my attention on the work that I'm doing. And it's like impossible for me to pay attention to either one if I'm trying to do both. Right. Well, it makes complete sense. So what is your start then? So yeah, so my start is, so my, my word of the year this year is scale. Oh, I'm so, sorry. What was it again? Scale. Mm. So one thing that, you know, it's happened for me in my business over the last year is, you know, I've been really, um, really fortunate that I have a, you know, a thriving business uh, with lots of clients. And the one thing that I have, have noticed is that as my one-on-one -on -one work gets, um, you know, get, I get more one-on-one -on -one clients, then my own time diminishes, right? I, don't, I have less time for all the other parts of the things that I want to be doing. And so one of the things that I am working on this year that I'm really excited about is I'm working on a new online course. So I have an online course right now um, through Udemy, and I'm working on a new online course that is really focused on time management and productivity, specifically for working parents. So that's one thing that I'm really excited to get started on is to be able to reach more people in that in the online course realm. Because you know, with my my current online course that I have through Udemy. Um, that one, uh, you know, I released it in April, and I think almost 3,500 people have taken uh, my online course and, you know, hopefully been positively affected by it. And that's a scale that I just can't do on an individual one-on-one -on -one basis, right? Uh, I don't have that many hours in the day. And so I'm really excited to, to move forward with this, uh, with this online course for working parents. Well, that's fantastic. So actually, walk us through this a little bit. What does it take to build one of these online courses? Yeah, so it is, you know, like anything, it's just a multi-step process. So the first part is that you need to figure out who your audience is, right? Like who is your audience and what are their needs? And so for me, I've been really fortunate that I, I work with a lot of individual clients and group clients and things like that. So I hear the needs all the time. And for whatever reason, you know, like probably 75% of my clients are working parents. And so that's a niche and I am a working parent. And so that's a, a niche that really speaks to me and that I feel like I have a lot to say to. Um, so knowing, you know, figure, I did some also some you know, market research, right? I sent out surveys about what people would be interested in, how they would like to learn, um, et cetera. And I did a lot of interviews with people who have young kids and who are professional jobs to see what their needs are. And then you, you kind of figure out what your buckets of content are, like what are gonna be the, the most um, impactful modules for uh, someone in this demographic. And then you figure out, okay, well, within each module, what are the lessons that you want them to learn? What are the takeaways that, they, that you wanna make sure they've learned in each lesson? Uh, and then you kind of write an outline for that. Then you, you know, if you're using a slide deck or you know, that way you think about, okay, what kind of, what's the layout of how I want this, um, this to be taught, sort of what's my curriculum? And then you script it and you film it and you market it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious when you do these uh, Udemy courses, yeah. it sounds like you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting to get this off the ground because you're the expert and you're the one that's trying to uh, communicate the message the right way. Do you have other people that help you with that? Or is this kind of, uh, you're just recording on your computer. So when I um, when I did the course for Udemy, that was actually a, a really nice 
a relationship where they had reached out to me because they didn't have a, a, good, a, a good time management course for their Udemy for Business product. And so they actually really uh, did do some help for me. So they helped me with an instructional designer and um, they did the filming and the editing. This time I'm gonna do it on my own. And uh, I feel like I learned a lot from that process, but what I will probably do is record the slide pieces, like the kind of presentation pieces on my own, on my computer. And then I will hire a videographer and a film editor to do the face-to-face, -face, you know, the, the talking head videos. That's a great idea. Well, that's wonderful that you're, that you're getting started on that. I think th what, a, what a great way to kind of, you know, as, as an independent, uh, practitioner sometimes you have to kind of think outside the box because you know you have x number of hours in your day and you want to kind of share what you share your knowledge and, and get that out there but to do that just through a blog post or a newsletter that's useful for people but to really give the the whole big picture there's a lot of thought and time that goes into it but creating a training program is an excellent idea I think that there's a lot of people out there right now that are actually thinking, you know, I have all this knowledge, how do I transfer it? And maybe that's one thing that they could start this year too. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I, I think that all the time now, actually, like I had never really thought much about online courses before I made my first one, to be honest. I'd never even taken one before I made my first one. And, you know, now I just think this is such a, an interesting model to really help people but to, to also have it at, you know, different price points, right? Like when I work with people individually, that costs a certain amount and not everyone can afford it, but I still want to be able to help people. So what, you know, what, what types of products can I have out there at different price points that will allow me to help the most people sort of regardless of their ability to, you know, pay, right? Uh, that's fantastic. And then of course you can always add on to it because it's electronic. You don't need to worry yeah. about some printed curriculum and having to get that updated all the time either. Right, exactly. You can edit it if you need to, you can improve it, you know, you can get feedback from the people who are actually using it, right? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, I think uh, from my start, it's actually very similar. Hmm. I am I I started this last year and I had to stop <laughs> just yeah. due to uh some client requirements and and I wasn't able to put the focus into it. But I'm starting a book with a training series on agile for business and how to uh, kind of the developers know how to do agile software development but there's a lot of business people that want to adopt some of those and or are being thrust into it and they aren't sure how to kind of live in that world and so i'm i'm building a program around that to help people through that and so you know, obviously I, I'm a consultant, so I, I do that with, with some of my clients already. But as you said, you know, getting it out there, right? Sharing it with as wide an audience as possible. So that's what I'm focusing on. So we, I think we, we both have different objectives, but we're kind of doing the same start. Right, right. I, that's, that sounds excellent. I want to know when that comes out because um, I think you're right that so many, and so many people could use that. And I really think like solopreneurs and people with really small businesses could use that just as much as, you know, larger companies, because I think you, just like you and I talked about, often you get stuck in the working in your business, right? And it's harder to kind of make, like, I don't know if you've had this experience, but when I have 
20 different goals that I'm trying to work on, they all happen very slowly and incrementally versus if I pick something I'm going to work on for the next month, I'm going to get it done. Right. Mm -hmm. And that kind of fits within the agile framework of, you know, I know the two week sprints usually, but you know, of, of being able to really make progress on things instead of having lots of pots on the fire and all of them kind of coming to a slow boil. I guess, Alexis, what are some of the things that your clients are, are focusing on? Is there like a common thread for what people are uh, trying to accomplish over the next year? Or are they kind of all over the place? Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, if we're talking about New Year's resolutions, right? I think a lot of people, yeah. have, a lot of people have things around like exercising, reading more, um, all the kind of standard ones that, that you think about. I think that for my particular clients around productivity and time management, uh, a lot of people are working on uh, things related to focus, like just like you and I've been talking about. Uh, a lot of people are working on, you know, just email management, right? Like that's something that I, I help all my clients get to inbox zero and, and stay there. And so, you know, a lot of people are working on that because I think, you know, the reality is, you know, I've got clients working at major companies who are getting 300, 400 emails a day have seven meetings a day and are still expected to, you know, get some independent contributor work done. And so really, I think it does come back to that setting of boundaries and figuring out where and when you're going to do the, the central components of your job and then how you can delegate out, even if you're not working out for yourself, but if you have a team, how you can delegate out the things where you aren't the only person who can do it. Is there one kind of common thread that you would always just say, if you, if you could just say, do this one thing, what might that be? Yes. So I think there's something that, that is a common thread that affects a lot of different things. It affects procrastination. It affects making progress on our goals. It affects all these things. And it really is very simple. It's just whatever your goal is, whatever your project is, whatever the thing that you're stressing about and putting off, just figure out what the smallest next step you can take on it is. Like, it doesn't matter what, like if your goal is lose 50 pounds, right? Then the next step is sign up for a membership at the gym, right? It's not lose 10 pounds. It's like, you have to bring it down really, really small. If your goal is to you know, bring on 10 new clients, that's hard and you may procrastinate it. But if you can break it down and say, this week, I'm just going to go on LinkedIn. I'm going to download all my LinkedIn contacts and I'm going to reach out to 10 different people and see if, you know, see if they have anyone to refer me to, right? Just break it down. Um, the, if you can break things down, you kind of idiot proof your task list for yourself in a way, because the smaller the next step, the less likely you are to procrastinate it, if that makes sense. Sure. Absolutely. It does. And what about things that people should stop doing what are what's that one thing that you should say people should just kind of stop doing mm, yes i think we should stop saying yes to things as our default response like i think that we so often we say yes just unthinkingly right somebody asks us to do something we say yes somebody asks us to moderate a panel we say yes somebody at school asks us if we can bake you know two dozen cookies we say yes and we don't even think about it and I think if people could just take a deep breath before saying anything at all, and then no matter what they think they're going to say, just say, great, let me look at my calendar and let me look at my priorities and I'll get back to you tomorrow. 
and sleep on it, I think that this would make a world of difference because I think that often we say yes out of obligation. We say yes because you know we want to be nice. We say yes because we want to be liked. We say yes because we fear the repercussions of saying no. And the reality is we end up saying stuff, yes to stuff that really we end up resenting or you know maybe we say yes to some event and then we fret about it for three months and then we end up flaking on it anyways and it's just so much better if we can say no up front to the things that we're not you know really excited about because if we say yes to everything then we end up with stuff on our plate that we don't we're not really excited about but then we don't have room to say yes to new opportunities that we really are excited about. That's that's a great idea, and and you know I I think I could just even add to that. One of the challenges that I've seen with people saying yes uh, is that they do it because now it's turned into a personal favor. Mm. It's not it's not your colleague who's trying to get the project done that you're involved in collaborating with you. It's when you get those people that come out of left field saying, "Can you do this thing for me?" And you know that there's a whole process behind it, and they're asking for this one thing. And if you say yes, you know that that one little request is going to blossom into this really large and significant effort. Right, right. And then you get stressed about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so some of it too is like having boundaries around your yes, right? Maybe it's even saying like, yes, I can do X, but you know, I really don't have the capacity to take on any more than that. So if I do say yes to this, I just want to make sure we're both clear that at least for the next month, this is all I'm going to be able to contribute. Uh, that's, that's great. I mean, I think it's so hard to, because just saying no is rarely in anyone's vocabulary, isn't it? It's so, you know, it, it is. And it's, it's one of those things that, you know, when I work with clients, people are, they're hesitant and scared and they don't want to say no. And like a lot of things, it's like a muscle that you can use and improve. And so if you can start saying no to a couple of low stakes things and see that, oh, like nothing bad did happen. The world didn't end, you know, this person still likes me, then you can get a little bit more bold about your nose, um, which I think is, is really helpful in kind of learning that over time, you know, we really treat, we really teach people how to treat us, right? So if we're the person who says yes every time, well, more people are gonna come to us. If we're the person who says yes only when we mean it, then we, are, we don't become the default yes person. We don't become the first person that anybody asks for anything simply because they know we're likely to say yes. Yeah, it's kind of like pulling yourself out of being the, um, the admin favor person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, another thing that comes up a lot for my clients and you know, for myself even, is we often feel like when we say no to something, that we have to provide you know, an elaborate excuse, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, no, I can't come to that event because I've got all these three things going on and you know, it's really just too much and blah, blah, blah. And that just invites people to say, great, let's do it you know, on Friday when you don't have these three things going on. And so I often advise people you know, in, a, in a more low stakes situation, maybe not at work, to just say, no, I can't make it, I'm so sorry, and stop right there and don't give an explanation at all. And that works. Yeah, I think it really does because what happens is, you know, let just think of it as the person, you know, think of somebody who would like some time for, from you. Like somebody wants to, one of those many requests to pick your brain, right? And if you say, oh no, I can't do it on Thursday. Um, so sorry about that. 
that person is just going to come back and say, great, how about Monday, right? But you really don't want to do this at all. And so you just kind of prolong it. And then eventually you get worn down into saying yes anyways. Whereas if we can just say like, oh, I'm, you know, I really wish I could. I can't. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to make it. Or, you know, I'm really sorry. I'm not going to be able to bake those cookies for the bake sale, but I'll contribute $20 or whatever. You know, sometimes you have a little, like a smaller yes instead of the big no. Um, that we really don't need to give elaborate explanations. Yeah, sure. So lowercase yes, lowercase y. Yeah. So I think this has been a really great conversation and I appreciate all the thoughtfulness that you put into this. And it was really kind of fun talking about our New Year's resolutions together as well. Yeah. So I'd like to thank you for that. And uh, But before we wrap up, I I want to ask you, is there, how can people reach you? Do you do you have anything that maybe you can share around goal planning? Yeah, I definitely do. So um, you can obviously put this in the show notes, but my website is alexishasselberger.com. And I will send you a specific link where people can actually download a, a 2020 goal planning worksheet that will talk them through these things that we just talked about, about keep, start, stop, maybe even having a word of the year around really thinking through what their personal and professional goals are, why they want to do them, and then what steps they can take to make sure they're really taking action. Mm -hmm. and, and people can download that for free. It's just a, a downloadable freebie. And that I think, you know, if people haven't done their full on planning yet this year, and I know some of us have not, this can be a really powerful tool to just start thinking about this stuff from a kind of um, more analytical way. So I really appreciate the, the time that you spent with me today. Yeah, thanks so much. It was great to chat with you. I, I love talking about our personal resolutions and I hope that, yeah, your listeners will be able to really make some progress on their goals this year and start thinking about it from a more baby-stepped, achievable, attainable sort of way. I love it. I love it. And so have a great day and thank you so much again. Thanks so much. All right, bye. Bye. I would like to thank Scott Abel, the content wrangler, for introducing me to Alexis. Thank you very much for listening to this TechGenix T-Suite podcast. Please go to Apple iTunes and subscribe and rate us. It really does help. To stay up to date on the latest technology news, go to techgenix.com. That's T-E-C-H-G-E-N-I-X. You can also follow them on Twitter using the same name. You can follow me on Twitter using at Bill. Raymond, then the letter E.